Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, So if you will, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 25 in your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, first of all, bring your Bibles. You heathen. No, I'm just joking. But if you don't, it'll be on the screen. Man, they are quick. They already got it up there and everything. But before we jump into it, I want to make sure that we understand here uh, a, a little bit of backstory about Jacob and Esau. Okay? And so, so they instantly, they've, they've got some favor with God. And how do I know that? Because of who their parents are and because of who their granddaddy is. Right? Their granddaddy is Abraham. Somebody say Abraham. All right. So it's like instant credibility, right? For some of y'all, if I walked in here and was like, yo, I got, I got Michael Jordan on speed dial. If you shook your head or amen or anything at that, you're instantly part of the old heads group. It's okay. If you said LeBron James, I know where you stand. No, I'm just joking. LeBron James is better. But listen, I, I can say it. I can say it. I can say it. I got Jordans on. He's pointing at my shoes. Hold on. All right. See, y'all want to shout me down when it's something you don't agree with. Now, come on now. See, I set y'all up for that one. But it's okay. It's okay if I walked in here for some of y'all and I said, if I said I got Drake on speed dial or Bad Bunny on speed dial, y'all would be like, all right, this guy's got instant credibility. For pastor, if I walked up here and was like, yo, I'm best friends with Tiger Woods. I'd have instant credit. That would have got me some brownie points in our interview, wouldn't it? Man, wish I would have known that. But, but here, Jacob and Esau have a little bit of credibility because of who they're related to, who they know. They know a guy, right? We all know a guy. But here, let's read this morning in Genesis chapter 25, verses 27 and 28. It says, the boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter and a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. And Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So let's break this down for for a minute. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching here, and and I am a youth pastor uh, at heart, so I will do my best to keep it short, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Somebody give me five minutes. Five minutes, we'll do like an auction, five, 10, 15. No, we're not doing that. That's all right. But you get in, you get out, you can't go home, deal with your mamas. I don't care. I'm just preaching. I'm just joking. But this morning here, we have to understand that Jacob and Esau are rich. Okay? So Jacob and Esau are rich. How do I know that? Because of who they're related to. If anybody ever tells you the Bible says, ask them what book and what chapter. So Genesis chapter 13, verse 2. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold, which would have correlated to Isaac being rich and Jacob being rich and Esau being rich. So they didn't have a very poor upbringing is what I'm trying to get at, right? They, they had a little bit of that daddy's money. Anybody know what daddy's money is? No, nobody knows what daddy's money is until you see that 16-year-old driving around in the lifted truck out in the parking lot. And you're like, how is that possible? That's daddy's money. Or if you're like me, you're at work yesterday and there's like some kid, like, he looked young driving an Audi R8. Like, bro, that's just a casual 150 grand. Like, whatever. That's daddy's money. My man ain't even out of high school yet. Like, come on now. He's probably got like some startup company worth like a million dollars. And here I am like making fun of him, but whatever. So so they've got daddy's money. But what does that tell us about Jacob and Esau? 
It tells us that Esau hunted for uh, sport rather than necessity. It tells us that he hunted for fun rather than because it was to put food on the table. The Hebrew translation of that scripture uses the word sade. Sade meaning wilderness, okay? And so Esau was a man of the wilderness. I'll put it in 2022 terms. My man liked taking hunting trips with the boys, right? Like I know we've seen it on Instagram. Like there's like that one guy that's just like, here I am, another hunting trip. Like, bro, how do you afford that? Like trip after trip after trip, I'm doing something wrong. Eric, I need to see you afterwards. We'll take my money and, and we'll get it right so I can go on some hunting trips and everything. But it got out of the group stage. It got out of the group chat stage of like getting in there, like kind of like a, we're going to go golf. Sounds good, but then we actually got to make it happen. One of these days, we will. But, but, but he, got, he got permission, he got approval, and we'd go on hunting trip after hunting trip after hunting trip, and, uh, and, and Isaac indulged it. Because it tells us in the scripture is that Isaac tended to and loved Esau a little bit more. So Isaac indulged those behaviors. And for Jacob, it says that he was content with staying at home, doing the chores, tending the livestock, doing the things that kind of helped the family, rather than doing something that seemed like fun rather than taking a hunting trip, rather than going golf, doing the things that needed to be done. If you go back to verse 28, it said, Isaac loved Esau and Rebekah loved Jacob's. Any parents in the house today? I'm a parent, so I can say this. Uh, I have one kid uh, for the time being. Uh, I have another one on the way, so come October, this sentence might not hold true. But, 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 but Oliver is my favorite child right now, hands down. I can say that. If you have, if you have multiple kids, please do not say anything because you are going to hurt somebody's feelings. I am my mom's favorite kid. There is four of us. It might not be true, but it's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I am my mom's favorite. Hopefully she watches this. Mom, I love you. But I am the favorite. But, but parents aren't supposed to have favorites, are they? They're not. Uh, you a liar? No, I'm just we all, we all had, listen, listen, I'll be honest. I'm going to step over here so God don't strike me down right now. That little girl comes here in October, and I am going to be wrapped around her finger. If she wants some money, here it is, baby. You take it. It don't matter. You want it, you got it, baby. Listen, that's how it is. And Oliver's great. Don't get me wrong. But Oliver's like, Go play in your room. Like, that's, that's what it is. And, and you know, because you're laughing, you know I'm telling the truth. But it's okay. But we see here that, that, that Rebecca favored Jacob because he was a little bit more obedient. He did the things that needed to be done around the house. He tended to the livestock. He did the crops. He did the things. And here is Esau, who is a little bit more rebellious and didn't necessarily listen, he just did the things he wanted to do. And if you continue to read on in, the Gen- in Genesis chapter 28, you realize that that even changed, or, or didn't change as he got older. It says that he went on to marry women just because his parents didn't want him to. My man like, was like, yo, listen, you don't want me to marry her? Challenge accepted. I'm going to marry her. And everything else. So we see that, that Esau is a little bit more rebellious. And uh, uh, Jacob is a little bit more obedient. But has anybody ever heard of the Praxis 
principle. Probably not. I had never heard of it. But the praxis principle is this. It is the way we treat people affects the way we feel about them. Let me say that again. The way we treat people affects the way we feel about them. So the first point I want to make to you this morning, just three quick points. The first one that I want to make is in your life, you have to identify the lie. So identify the lie in your life. What are you up against? We're going to kind of jump here. And now that we have an understanding of, of Jacob and Esau, and we know their upbringing and everything else, I want to jump into Genesis chapter 25. So Genesis chapter 29, or 25, verses 29 through 34. So I'm going to do a little bit of reading, so just bear with me. But it says, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, somebody say amen. Esau came in from the open country, famished. And he said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. I'm hungry. Your boy got to eat. This is also why he is called Edom. And Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. And so Esau says, look, I'm about to die. What good is it to me anyways? But Jacob said, swear to me. Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentils too. He gave him some soup. He said he ate and he drank and then he got up and he left. So Esau despised his birthright. The verse or, or, the, or the lie here that I want to highlight comes in verse 32. Where's, where's 32? It's in there. But it says, look, I am about to die. What good is the birthright to me? What good is my fortune? What good is my blessing if I'm dead? It don't do me no good. What good is the plan of God for my life if I'm hungry? The lie here is that. What good is it anyways? God has a calling and a plan and a purpose for your life, but in our moment of hunger, we say, you know what? What good is it anyways? Let me just indulge in this for a little bit. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to mess me up. But he was so exhausted. He was so tired. He was so worn out from doing that, something that he thought was fun that it's now costing him more than what he probably should have paid for. So hear me when I say this. Don't give up your birthright just because you're tired. You've got to identify the lie in your life to let you know that that, that thing that you're going through is not what, what God has called for your life. Anxiety is a very real thing. I am one of those people, I get so anxious all the time. I, I start, like, thinking, and I, and I think, and I think, and I think, and I think, and then half the time, it's not even that anyways, and now I've overthought it. My wife will tell you that all the time. She'll say, she'll say, babe, it ain't that big. Don't worry about it. Thank God for some godly women that just, like, keep us grounded and will deal with us sometimes, especially men. Listen, you just need to get a woman in your life that will tell you to shut up. 
we, we, we a long time ago uh, figured out in our marriage that we weren't going to tell each other to shut up. But she indirectly will sometimes tell me to shut up and get, get off my pity party and to stop dealing with it because that's not the truth. So anxiety is a real thing. Depression, loneliness, purity, all of those are all very real things and very real things that we struggle with. But the lie of that saying you're not good enough to overcome those is wrong. You've got to separate your feelings from God's plan for your life. Number two, understand the difference between the lies. You see, in in Genesis chapter 5 that I just read is that the lie was that the birthright didn't matter. The blessing didn't matter. The plan for, for your life didn't matter. That was, that was the lie there. It didn't hold enough severity. It didn't hold enough weight to say, you know what? I'm going to be hungry for a little bit. So the lie was, it's okay. I'll just give it up. I'll give in. I can't, I can't withstand the pressure of being hungry, so I'm going to give in. But in Genesis chapter 27, the lie becomes different. So let's go to Genesis chapter 27, verses 6 through 10. And it says, Rebekah said to her son, Jacob, look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing and the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring two choice young adult, young goats, uh, young adults, uh, young, young goats, so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Can we, can we just, can we take a second to acknowledge and understand how important it is to have a godly woman in our life, whether that's a spouse or whether that's a mom or that's a church mom or something else. Because here in this moment in Scripture, Rebecca understands how important that blessing is for life. We need, sometimes we need some moms in our life that's going to say, listen, baby, I need you to just listen to me for a second. I know we've already got this connection. I know we've got some instant credibility. But listen, I need you to trust me here in this moment because what you don't understand is important. I know is is important. She knows the weight that it holds, and here in this moment, the lie that it wasn't important enough now becomes deceit. So a lie now became deceit, and that is the difference in the lies, and the lies in our life. So Rebecca comes up with this elaborate plan. She says, you know what? Go out. I'll prepare everything. Just trust me. I'll make it how he likes it. I got it, baby. Don't worry. And Jacob starts fretting and stewing and walking back and forth and says, but mom, I don't look like Esau. I don't sound like, I don't have a full beard like he does. I don't, listen, this ain't, I'm not Esau. And he says, listen, she says, listen, baby, don't worry about it. I got it. Let mama take care of it. So she comes up with this whole elaborate 
plan of how they're going to trick Isaac and get the birthright. So that lie became deceit. It's kind of like, I don't know, maybe this is just me and I'm going to tell on myself a little bit. But if you were ever in school and had a group project that you were doing that you never did any of the work for and you just got a really good student who did all of it for you and then you got to write your name on the paper. Again, maybe that was just me, but I know I got some teachers in here. They're going to be disappointed. They're like, come on now. I can't believe he did that. But for the next week, you would hope and pray that whatever they put on the paper was good because you did none of the work. You didn't. You just here you go. Hopefully I get an A or what? Or I get what I get. So that's kind of what happens here in this moment. He says, you know what? I'm going to go get the two goats. I'm going to do what mama says. And whatever happens, happens. And, and we're going to roll with it. So the lie became deceit. And on the surface level, it's not a big deal. You know what? God's got a plan for my life. I know I've got a calling for my life. But you know what? I'm just going to dabble over here for a little bit. I'm going to hang out in this lie. I'm going to do something that I know I probably shouldn't do. And then when I get caught up in it, now I got to trick my way out of it. And I got to start lying some more. And I got to start deceiving some more. It's kind of like, and, and, and I thank God that Social media is a great thing. I don't want to take anything away from social media. It is made a way for us to stay connected with people that are far away. Or maybe we're not, we don't even know in the first place. If we just have uh, 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 worth, if we have purpose. I know Travis is doing some great things with social media. And he's going viral and everything else. And he's doing it organically. But most of the times we have social media. And what it takes to go viral isn't something you want to be a part of. Like we say, oh, I'll, I'll, I will sell out. I will do whatever I got to do if I can just go viral. And on the surface level, we see it as a lie because maybe it's not the whole truth, but we don't know all the deceit and the corruption and everything else we had to do to get there. We have to understand the difference between the lies. I'm going to give you a, a real-life example of this, fellas. If your woman ever comes in and says, babe, does this dress make me look fat? Fellas, right now, the answer is always no. I don't care otherwise. No. Change the conversation. It's just let it go. Ladies, you're not exempt from this either. If your man ever comes in and says, babe, I feel like I'm getting a dad bod. I'm just, what well, was once up here, and I look good, is now down here, and I'm not in a schmedium anymore. No, you're not, baby. You look great. You're still my Superman, my hunk of hunk of burning love. And then he's like, no, listen, I'm not, my jeans don't fit no more. Ladies, change the conversation. That's just the best way, because a little bit, it's a lot. I'm talking about my own life here. Let's, Let me move on before I get in trouble. So number one, we have to identify the lie in our life. Number two, we have to understand the difference in the lie. And then number three is what? Number three is this, is that you have to understand what comes with the lie. Wow. Understand what comes with the lie. Up to this point, you might be like, what is he talking about? Is he talking about me lying? 
Is he talking about somebody lying to me? What is he lying? And the answer is both. And what I mean by that is that a lie is never what it seems. I don't care how good you are, how good you know someone, whatever the situation is, a lie is never what it seems. There's always more to the lie. What started out as a lie of a blessing. My blessing isn't important. If I die anyways, what good does it do me? Became a lie of deceit. You know what? It is kind of important, and I got wrapped up in it, and I know I tricked, and I did. Let me, let me just keep going. Let me just keep the lie up, and, it, and it's going to keep going and going and going. But here, you have to understand what comes with the lie. It's not a big deal now. It might be a big deal tomorrow. Who knows? It might, listen, I could have, when Pastor Eric and I started talking about coming and being a part of what God is doing here at Axios, I could have stat padded. I could have filled my resume. I can say I'm good at X, Y, and Z, and I could have done all of these things. And eventually, it would have come a point where it was time to put up or shut up. It would have been time for me to put my money where my mouth was, and I would have got here. And it would have been like, hey, you remember all those things you told me you could do? I need you to do them now. About that, right? And, and so we could have got, I could have got wrapped up in some things, and, and we have to understand what comes with the lie. And I'm, I'm making this make sense, and I promise it'll, it'll connect here in a second. So Genesis chapter 27, verse 42 and 43. So here we've seen that Esau has sold the birthright because it's not important. We've seen that now the deceit is coming, and they're trying to trick Isaac And now we have to understand what comes with it. 42 says, when Rebekah was told what her older son Esau had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Again, some godly women some given some great advice. She said, now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban and Haran. You see, the deed was already done. There, there's no turning back at this point in time. It's already done. You have to live the life of a lie. You've already committed to it. You already spoke it into existence. And now here you are. You have to, to, to deal with what's coming out of that lie. But there's a positive outcome to the story. We ultimately know that Jesus comes from the lineage of Jacob. We know that that Jacob longed for a relationship, an intimate relationship with God. So this is another clear example of story after story after story that we can talk about, that the Bible isn't made up of perfect people. I'm not perfect. Pastor Eric, listen, if I've said anything you don't agree with, uh, you don't like, anything else like that, don't talk to me in the back. Just come back next week. Pastor Eric will fix it. It's fine. We know how that works. Lead pastor life. You got to work with it. It's all right. But it's story after story after story about how the Bible is made up of one perfect agenda by imperfect people. That the plan that God has, the birthright that God has for your life can't be stopped because of a lie. 
You have to understand what comes with it, either the, the issues of, of stress, anxiety, everything, the weight gain, the wrinkles, you name it. Life is real. It's hard out here. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to finish that song reference. It's hard. Never mind. But your life isn't supposed to be consumed by a lie. Where's my aha moment in this whole thing? And, I, and I'm wrapping up, so if we can play some, some soft music. I told you guys I was going to be in and out. Youth, you got to keep their attention. One to them, get out, and then send them home to the mamas to deal with them. Where's my aha moment? What is my whole takeaway from this message? Whereas if, if you're writing notes, write this down. If, you're, if you've got Instagram open, write it on Instagram. I don't care. Make sure you get this. But it's simply this. The reason you can't feel God in your life or see God in your life is because you have allowed a lie to rent a room in your heart it was never intended to have. You have accepted a lie as a truth and said, you know what, I'm going to put that inside. No one can see the lie that I deal with, the words that I've been called, the thoughts people have about me, the shade somebody said about me on social media. The lie that I've accepted as a truth that I wasn't good enough because mom or dad wasn't in the picture. I'm a, I'm a testament of that. I'll share a little bit of my story. Is that at a young age, my parents separated. And thank God that I have a, a, just a great man of God and, and, and a stepfather that has showed me unconditional love. But for the longest time, I struggled with the fact that my real dad wanting nothing to do with me. I was a mistake to him. And I accepted that lie. And I said, you know what? I can't open up. I can't be real. I can't be honest. Because I've accepted a lie into my heart. And it's rented a place it was never intended to have. Some of us do that with anxiety. With depression with loneliness, with all of these different things. And while they're very real, they are all a lie. They're all things that try to distract you from how important your blessing really is. A lie is simple. A lie is this. A lie is anything that keeps you away from what God says you are to be. The last time I checked, my Bible tells me that we are uh, beautifully and wonderfully created in His image, above all things, on purpose, for a purpose. So we've allowed a lie to sink into our life, and it's now changed the course of history. We allowed a lie to seek in, and now we've deceived somebody, whether that's somebody else or that's ourselves. 
And now we're having to deal with the consequences of our deceit. And Jacob's having to deal with his deceit. He, he took advantage of a moment of weakness, a moment of being tired, and, and he got something. And now he's having to deal with it, and he's having to run away for his life because he knows how important life is. My brother is going to kill me because I lied on his name, because I tricked our dad, and now I have to run for my life. So church, hear me this morning. Your lie that you're dealing with is not from God. The thing that you struggle with that is stopping you from that intimate relationship with God is because you've placed it in a place that nobody else can see. I can get up here and I can preach, and Pastor Eric can get up here, and we can preach, but until you get real with yourselves, until you, you, you get to that point, that moment of surrender, of saying, you know what, God, I'm tired of running from it. I'm tired of not dealing with this lie. You won't experience the fullness of God. So that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. We can give you the truth all day long. And listen, there's a certain weight and responsibility that comes with preaching from up here. But until you decide to be real with God, whatever you've been hiding, you won't see transformation. You'll run, and you'll run, and you'll hide, and you'll try to put it away, and you'll try to deal with it in the wrong ways. And it'll never get fixed because a lie has rented a place in your heart it was never intended to have. So this morning, I want to pray for you. I, want, I, I, I hope that we understand that you do have worth. You do have purpose. That's not just a, a cliche saying that we can stick on a shirt somewhere or, or a sticker or, or, or the, the slides up here. But, and Pastor Eric talked about this, we seem to have lost just how valuable life is. School shootings, church shootings, all of these things, people taking their own lives We've seen to forget how valuable that blessing is. In that moment of, of being tired, of saying, you know what? God, I'm hungry. I've been out all day doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing, what seems like fun. In this moment of tired, I'm just going I'm to I'm give it all away. But it's in your moment of being tired, that you've got to learn to turn to God rather than to turn to somebody else. Listen, I, I, can, I can say this, and I am a, a product of, of this. Sometimes turning to family isn't the best thing you can do. Turning to social media isn't the best thing you can do. Sometimes the best thing you can do is turn to God to get down on your hands and knees 
Get on your face in front of God and say, you know what, God? I'm tired of dealing with the lie. I'm tired of, of, of hiding it. I'm tired of allowing it to consume my life. Don't allow it to deceive yourself anymore. Don't allow it to deceive anyone else anymore. So this morning as I pray, let me challenge you. Question yourself. Examine your heart. What am I hiding? What have I accepted into my life? What, have I, what lie have I accepted as truth? And I would challenge you this morning. Leave it here. Don't take it with you. Leave it here. Let it go. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.